Welcome everybody to the Sports Ethos Toronto Raptors podcast. And once again, I'm your host, Ben Storchini. But in this world, in this galaxy, in this nebula, you can call me my wife used to travel all over the world for work. A jet setter. A jet setter. And this time around, she had to go to Amsterdam in the Netherlands. And that's Holland, if you didn't know. So, yep. I had to go on this trip with her. For one, I'd never been to Amsterdam. And two, seeing I'm half Italian and Dutch, I can meet some family in the process. So the planning began. First, we asked her brother, my brother-in-law, if he'd like to join, who happens to look almost identical to B-Real from Cypress Hill. And his best friend, from London, UK. Actually, to be specific, he's from South London. London. He's from where? From South London? He's from South London? Oh, that's wicked. So needless to say, they were both coming. For sure. They didn't need much convincing. Amsterdam for sure, dude. So off we went. My wife went first for work. Then my brother-in-law, B, which is actually his real nickname. And his boy, D, which is actually his real nickname. Both touched down only hours before I did. So B, D, and myself, all separately, met up at my wife's Airbnb. She was at work. And this Airbnb was right in the deep core of Amsterdam. And this is where the locals live, not the red light district tourist type spot. Right in the mix where all the locals were at. So with all that being said, let's let the festival of good vibrations begin. Begin. It didn't take more than five minutes after just putting our luggage down before B suggested, let's go hit up some coffee shops, man. Which I mean, come on. Come on, man. When in Rome, as they say. But in this case, when in Amsterdam. So we were off quicker than Ben Johnson beating that punk-ass Carl Lewis. The time of day at this point was, if I can remember, it was about 10 a.m. And I am jet-lagged to shit at this point. I'm already about 10 espressos in. And this first coffee shop was right across the street. So all we had to do was walk downstairs and walk right into this place. And to this day, I can still remember exactly what music was playing the moment we walked in. It was Scarface. I seen a man die. I seen a man die. I remember all three of us looked at each other. We all said the same thing. Damn, Scarface? That exact moment. Keep in mind again, I'm jet lagged. Jet lag the shit. Unbelievably jet lag. Already f- 10 expressos in before we even walked in this joint. And I remember that moment thinking to myself, today is going to be legendary. So let's, let's hop a few clouds after that shot. And jump about, let's say two, three hours. So let's say it's around 1 p.m. at this point. And at this point, We've been to about, I'd say, three or four coffee shops. I don't know, that memory is a little murky for me. So let's just say, yeah, three or four. And our feet at this point were getting, they were starting to feel like clouds themselves. We're moving a little bit slower. I was starting to use my George Bush Jr. voice to order everything, catching a few laughs. 
Yeah, can I get can I get three expressos, please? And some of that OG Kush? I was feeling great. And all I can hear in my head at that point was Scarface lines. I hear you breathing, but your heart no longer sounds strong. You start to journey into outer space. You see yourself in the light, but you're still feeling out of place. That's when we saw it. That's when we saw the shop. All I remember is the colors. Red, red, red yellow, 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 green, green, green black, 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 black. So, we walked in. First thing we see is the man who buzzed us into the first door, who was sitting behind a small glass box, who just straight up asked us, What do you want? We said, Some coffee, please. He looked us up and down, and then he smiled and buzzed us into the second door. We were in. So I told the boys, I'll go grab the coffee. I'll meet you guys downstairs. You go sit down. Because this area of this coffee shop, the sit-down area, was in the basement. I can still remember holding those three little tiny espressos, just shaking. It was like I was having a seizure walking down this tiny stairwell to this basement, clinging to these coffees every step, shaking, spilling just a little bit every step. I barely made it, man, but I made it. Got to the bottom of the stairwell, opened the door, walked in, and heard nothing. Pure silence. Zero music, zero talking, just nothing. But the room was packed. Just a room full of smoke. I could just make out where B and D were sitting, so I maneuvered my way through and sat down. I looked at them both and just mouthed the words, what the fuck is going on? All they did was point up. So I took a look around and this is what I saw. The entire room was packed with all men dressed in fatigues, every single one of them looking like soldier uniforms, steel toe boots, everything. Those those hats, I forget what they're called, the, the ones that kind of tilt to the side. Berets. Berets. Yeah. yeah. Berets. Yeah. And they were all silent. No one was talking. Not a word. And all of them were looking straight up to the left top corner of the basement all staring at one tiny little TV. And it couldn't have been more than 13 inches. And you wanna know what they were all looking at? You wanna know what they were watching? Figure skating. Doubles figure skating on mute. And at that moment, whoever was skating that one skater that was lifting the other and he, and he threw her in the air. He threw his partner in the air and he was supposed to catch her, but he missed. And she just fell to the ice. The gasp I heard at that moment was earth shattering. Then one of the guys took his boot off and 
threw it at the TV and hurled some cuss words I have never heard before in my life. The room erupted in anger, pain, suffering, anguish. Then one man, then one single man in the front who had stars on his lapel. So let's just call him the captain. That's when the captain stood up. He stood up, went to the TV, turned it off, turned around, looked at everyone, and just yelled, Shut up. Everyone stopped. Pure silence again. Captain then said, Let's go now. We go now. Everyone got up so quick. The dude who threw his boot ran to go get it, threw it back on, and then everybody in an organized but fast manner left the basement and poof, everyone's gone. It, it felt like it took seconds, leaving BD and me alone in the basement with figure skating on mute, still on the TV, sitting in a room where all you could taste was the agony of smoky defeat. Kinda like the past Raptors road trip. Pain, anguish, anger, referees, heartbreak. Some of these games deserve my boot to the TV. So let's get into those games. Here's some Hoopo and A-Rod talk-ish. Welcome back everybody to our Hoopo A-Rod talk But today, we have a very, very, very special guest. His name is Max P. Max Profit. Max P, let me just put this out to you guys in 10 seconds or less. Max P owns more polo than polo can supply. (laughs) That was what, two, 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 three seconds? (laughs) Max P, thank you so much for joining us on this this, this beautiful panel we like to call Hoopo and A-Rod Talkish. How are you today, my friends? I'm doing well. What's up? What's up, Poe? What's up, A-Rod? What's up, yes, Max Yes, sir. Glad well, to have you on here. Yeah, man. Yes, yes. Well, like I've yeah. said before, this is this is a podcast where we just talk about the Raptors and the NBA in general. And I thought, who, who, no one better to get on here with us than Mr. Max P. So here oh, we are. It's much appreciated. I love the show. I've been listening to the episodes. Yeah. Love the stories at the beginning. Yeah. A-Rod's the encyclopedia. I mean, it's a good it's a good combination you guys got going here. I'm honored to be invited. Let's do this. Man, I appreciate that. Thanks, man. Let's do that then. Let's start it off. Right now, like I said earlier, if you walked into any barbershop right now and you just said Fred, conversation's going to start. Fred Van Vliet had something to say mm-hmm. about the NBA refereeing. And here it is. So let's take a listen first, and then we'll have a I mean, I don't couple whine. comments. I don't take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple other, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just fucked the game up, you know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bullshit tech. Changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and um, 
just kind of fucks the game up. Nobody's coming to see that shit. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So at a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal. And um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed. Um, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. Fred Van Vliet. Hey, Rod, what is your first reaction to Fred's post-game on the refs? All I could think of was that uh, Chappelle skit. What happened, baby? I thought y'all was friends. Oh, man. <laughs> 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 Tell me you don't like Ben Taylor without telling me you don't like Ben Taylor. That, that was basically a nice, long-winded approach there. But it reminded yeah. me a lot of that Shaq energy, man. From back mm. in the day when this guy was just like, people pay good money come out see all the athletes but then somebody just got to go and take over the whole game you know yeah uh, so, yeah and, it, and it's true like why are we paying money to watch these guys ruin our game <laughs> like mm-hmm. somebody's got to make the calls but we don't need that kind of interference no but we hey don't. hey hey just uh just a foreshadowing that hawkeye technology is coming in so these guys aren't going to be able to do that much longer man <laughs> that's Those true yeah calls, good like you know goaltending all that stuff so Maybe it'll Good. be better. But what do you what do you think, Max? Max P, what do, what do you think? I think um, the first thing I thought was Fred VanVleet doesn't talk crazy. He's not emotional. He's a stand-up guy, mm-hmm. and so I was like, I was taking it serious. I was like, okay, he's standing up. He's throwing his he's throwing his punches, and he's letting it be known. He's he's not afraid of the fine. And um, I think the fact that it was only thirty grand showed that there was something there that the NBA had a problem with probably. Yeah. And I know there's like a process you can go through like behind the scenes, yeah. but he decided to do it in the media. So obviously he's like, he's just being a man. Like he's feeling disrespected. I'm going to stand up and fight back, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, but like, look, like, at this, look at this. For those of you not watching video, El Hoopo just showed a picture to the crew of NBA referee Ben, ben Taylor. Taylor. Like to me, to me, to me, this is the type of dude that goes to Peter Pitt and says, no, hold off on the mustard and mayo. That's a little too spicy for me. Hold off, hold off. He's the same, the same sort of guy that would say Tupac. He would say Tupac or, or Jay-Z, say Jay-Z. You know, one of those guys. Come on, come on. <laughs> he looks like the, the bad guy in a bad Amazon Prime movie. Like He, just, he does. Like, you watch, you know, like, first five minutes, oh, he's the bad guy. Oh, okay, he's yeah. the one that's going to screw people over. Yeah, but he also, at home, at home he, has a, he has a friend's box set. I feel. I feel like if you. I feel like if you. Uh, if you scroll lower on that picture. Yeah. I'm sure, it's just gonna say browsers, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, speaking of which. Speaking of which. So we. It wasn't just Fred versus the refs. It was also in general. It was the Raps versus the refs because the game before that. It was. I believe it was Denver. And we had a bad, I, well, I'm just going to say there, there was some issues with the rest as well. We had, we had Scotty Barnes have an issue with, with this man right here, Scott Foster. Mm-hmm. Again, for those of you not watching video, El Hoopo just showed a picture of NBA referee Scott Foster to the crew. So the same thing. So, I mean, not to just be jokes about it, but I looked at this picture and I've just got to get this out. Like, this guy kind of reminds me of... You know, if he probably shops at Walmart, 
and he's he's looking to buy some house shoes and he's looking around and then he finds them but then it's not the right color so he finds an employee and he says excuse me do you have other colors of these house shoes and they're like yeah just over there but what color are you looking for and he's the type of dude that goes like this I'm looking for black <laughs> he's the type of dude that looks like he whispers the word black in public <laughs> doesn't he oh, anyways okay I'm done I'm done I'm done. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Scott Foster, but you look like that to me. <laughs> but the issue here is, is it the referees or is it the players? Is it just a human nature thing? Is it that, you know, there's that guy at work or that girl at work you just don't get along with and then sometimes you clash? Is it is it just workplace clash? Like, what, what do you think, Max? Is this Or is there something else going on, like a Tim Donahue foot in the mob game sort of fixing games thing going on? What, what do you think? Well, I am definitely a conspiracy theorist so mm. and as a Raptors fan we have seen the worst refereeing throughout the years it's just been blatant obvious and disrespectful yeah you know we feel like oh we're Canadian or oh we're the only team up here or whatever whatever but mm. in my opinion I could be too long-winded but in general I feel like every league wants to be like the WWE <laughs> they don't and they'll try and put the fix in. It's not automatic. It's not like guaranteed. We want this team to win, so therefore that team's going to win. Nah. It's just I feel like sometimes they put their finger on the scale, definitely. Like it's Le- business. Le- it's Le- like, business. Yeah, absolutely. Like LeBron is their Hogan. Or at the Hogan. Time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a great story about Hogan first. Um, he didn't know if Andre the Giant was going to let him body slam him. No Vince way. McMahon, Vince McMahon set the plan up. <laughs> But Vince McMahon didn't know. Hulk Hogan didn't know. Nobody knew. So everybody knew the script because Andre the Giant was so big, so strong, and he was, you know, he was kind of like moody, you know? He yes. was very moody. Yes. And these, these are the early days. I heard he took no- shits in the shower. I heard that. I heard he was, that. He did whatever he wanted. And yeah. nobody knew. <laughs> nobody knew whether Andre the Giant was going to let Hulk Hogan become the WWF heavyweight champion. Or not. I didn't know that. Yeah. No way. So he went in this. this... He went in shook. Like, is this guy going to grab me and just tear me apart when I go to body slam him? I remember or is he going to play along? I know? remember when that came out. That was pay-per-view when the, when the videotapes were like this big. Remember that? The pay-per-view tapes? And that was when he lifted Hogan. Or, uh, Hogan lifted him and that just shook the world. Yep. I yep. remember that. But yeah, man, I feel like every league, it's big business, and they do put their finger on the scale every once in a while. As far as this Fred Van Vliet situation, mm. that's probably more of like a personal thing. Like, just, I don't like this guy's face. I don't like the way he talked about me. Yeah. You know, sometimes, I don't know. Who knows? It does seem that way. It, it does seem that, especially when he calls it out that way. Cause yeah, like, because like, I do agree with you that Fred doesn't—he doesn't really speak out of pocket very often. He doesn't. Mm-mm. For him to come out like that, take the 30G fine, no problem, just to like shit on him like that, like tells he's me thinking that about, there's a history. Yeah, yeah. He's thinking about, oh, this guy's messing with my with my money. Yeah, I'm trying to feed my family. Like when you start thinking like that, 
you just go out and you you know and you guns a blazer that's what he did you know what do you what do you think a right what, what do you think you don't have to I, touch I, on the tim donnie thing but what, no what no I, I agree man and just you know to go off of what you guys are saying like um you know fred got three texts from this referee out of six games and that's three texts personally from him so clearly there's a little bit of animosity and history between the two mm. and you know everything comes to a boiling point at some point right so we don't really know what was said between these guys, but maybe Fred's just having a rough night. He says like one or two things that normally that guy lets slide. That guy's not having it. Then, you know, there we go. Got some fireworks and then Fred's pissed. But I agree, you know, Fred doesn't really speak out of pocket. So for him no. to come out and just say what he's got to say, mm. I'm I'm genuinely a little bit surprised, um, but I'm also even more surprised he only got fined 30K because yeah, I, I think the max is 50. So I thought they were going to hit him with the max. And, yeah, sure. he, and he, he hit on them like, badly you know like that's the worst put, i've ever heard somebody he just went in on him man mm -hmm. yeah he put him on front street so that dude must have been getting <laughs> he must have been watched he must have been being watched already <laughs> he you said know, put him on front street yeah. right there for everybody to see he and did. so the league was like oh this dude you know yeah ah, 30 grand 30 grand well, even Trey Young last night, Trey Young had a little thing going on with Marcus Smart. I don't know if that was last night or the night before. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. it, and they, they asked my bud at post game, like, well, I'm not going to Fred Van Vliet those refs. So he's, <laughs> so he's already, he's already like a quote now. I'm not going to yeah, Fred yeah. the refs, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but I, hey, right away I was like, that's the Fred I love though. That's it's a legendary Raptors moment. It's a legendary Raptors moment. Hundred percent. Very gangster. Very gangster. I think Absolutely. it's a Canadian heritage moment, like those old commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the CBC heritage moment. <laughs> they should do that. They should put him on CBC with David Suzuki and yeah. and put that on. Well, speaking of the Raptors, they're on a losing streak. So last episode, uh, the Raptors were going into Denver on a road trip mm -hmm. and they lost that. And since then, they've lost three in a row. They lost to the Nuggets, they lost to the Clippers and lost to the Lakers, which is affecting their playoff push right now. Where do you boys think the Raps sit right now mentally? Where do you think they are physically to be able to continue on this push? Or do you think now a bit of the, uh, bit of the seat is deflated, so to speak? Well, I think... Um it's clear when you look at our roster, we are underachieving. Goodness gracious, we are underachieving this year. We should be right there with Philly and Boston, you know, and, but like we should be like yeah. at least fifth seed. We should be at least fifth. Well, you that's know? what A-Rod said last episode. That he, see, he sees us fall or sees the Raptors falling, ending up in six. So yeah. that's the vibe in here. That's, yeah, continue. That's, that's, yeah. Where, that's where we belong, right around there. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. It seems like there's not... We have the talent. We got the players. Mm. Um, I don't know. Something's missing. Some kind of glue. You know what I'm saying? Like just some kind yeah, of what, magic. You know? What is that magic? What is that glue, a right? Like, what, what do you think that that we're missing right now? Or we're at I think I think it's solidarity and purpose. Because if we on the outside are asking ourselves, like, what are these guys doing at the trading deadline? to either you know make a push for the playoffs turn this team into maybe not a contender but somewhere up there or you know bottom out and let's go for you know Wemby or Scoop and then we just get like the horizontal you know promotion with the Jakob Pertle trade right mm -hmm. now the guys are, now the guys are basically you know in the locker room and they're thinking okay can we do this and we only have one extra piece 
Mm. Like, so I don't know. And then now that, you know, the losing creeps in, right? And the losing mentality, you know, if you've ever been in a team locker room or oh, play team it's sports, it's, it's a, a disease. disease, man. It's really hard to get rid of, man. And now you see this losing streak come on. It's difficult to shake, and, man. And to add to your point there with the losing, and I, what I've noticed in the past is strong-willed mental teams. The Kawhi era, when the Raptors would lose a couple of games, mm-hmm. they were never shook by that. It just seemed that they stayed looking straight forward. This team, what I notice is that the moment that there's some adversity, the moment that the losing starts to kick in, it just becomes a really big sore. And it, the sore takes a longer time than usual to heal than previous teams, what I'm noticing. And I don't know if that falls on the coaching staff. I don't know if that falls on the players themselves. I don't, I don't know, but uh, I don't know if you guys see the same thing, but it just seems like- I see it. I see yeah. it. I mean, I think the the guys who speak up and let it be known when everyone's messing up, the guys who like kind of put it in everyone's face, those players are becoming less and less popular in the league. The, Fred, know, kinda, the Fred just did, yeah. Yeah, like what Fred just did, but more in the locker room type yeah, of yeah, yeah. guys. The, the Draymond Green, Charles the, Oakley's. Charles Jay Oakley, Crowders. the Jay Crowders, um, mm. um, Udonis Haslam, Udonis Haslam, yeah, Pat, yeah, yeah. Patrick Beverly, mm-hmm. um, Russell Westbrook, Tony um, Allen, Tony Allen. Yeah. These are yeah. these are these are very unpopular guys, but they're very necessary. You yeah, see what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's there's a favorite, lot of hate. Those are your favorite players. Favorite players, though. Mm-hmm. You know there's a I lot mean? of hate that goes towards. It's not easy to have a Draymond Green on your team. But look at all the rings. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not yeah. easy to have a, a Dennis Rodman on your team, but look at the rings everywhere he goes, you know? It, you know, just to touch on your point though, right? Because you got to mm-hmm. see this like from the way these kids grow up as well too, mm-hmm. right? They're in leagues where they absolutely destroy all other kids, right? And then yeah. everyone around them is telling them, you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. Yep. Average third. Yep. Then they go to prep school, still smashing it, you know? They think they're special. They go to college. And then somehow, boom, you know, if they don't make it out of college, because they, they see everybody else is just as good as them or better, it's like it just creeps into their mentality and then they just end up like shelling up and playing like mm-hmm. garbage, you know? And if they do like end up being good enough and they end up in the NBA and they don't have like a strong mentality and they can't accept criticism, especially positive criticism, mm-hmm. it's difficult for them to be in the league, man. You get guys that come in for one year, then all of a sudden it's like G League oh, over to Europe. I'll see who, you in the Euro that? baby. Who's a Charlotte Bobcat? Mm. Was Morrison number one pick? I remember Morrison. him. I remember him. Yeah, Adam Morrison. Him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was that mental thing. Yes, is yes, that, yes, is that it was. Example of that. Yes, yeah. it was. You can go your whole life being told that you're the greatest, and America's the best at that. America is the oh, best at that, hyping man. up their athletes. Like oh, you yeah. remember the, the, the LeBron intro, the LeBron uh, red carpet they gave for him with the documentaries, with the with the everything. Yeah. By the time he he hit the league. He hadn't even played a minute yet, but this guy was already told he was the king. Yeah, yeah. Right? He, yeah, he was King James. He had the Hummer, you know what I'm saying? He had yeah. the Nike deal. He ain't played a game yet. Not a game yet. <laughs> look, at, uh, look, hey, look at Anthony Bennett, man. Yeah. Anthony Bennett was a monster in college. Came in with high expectations. This guy goes number one, and he's absolute, like, I hate, blessed, man. I hate hearing people shit on Anthony Bennett. I feel so bad for but, that kid. But listen, I I'm, really do. I'm not, I'm not. I'm oh, not I know you're not negative on him, right? I'm just yeah. saying, like, that's the reality of what happened to him. If he came, maybe at this point in time, if things might have been different with the way, just the, the way the game is too, like the flow, right? Because mm-hmm. everything is more yeah. aligned on court spacing and like positionless basketball and all that stuff. So maybe he could have been a little bit more uh, prepared for it and better. Um, yeah. But but you know where he's at, like 
He had that Zion size. He had that Zion size, didn't he? Without the I athleticism, mean, though. Without the athleticism. <laughs> well, no, of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Remember, he got he had that goal with the Raptors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. we we were. I think we were the last his last stop. Was it? Oh yeah, yeah. Like before he hey, hey, you know what? But then again, everybody's got to go with the Raptors here and there, man. You remember Master? P I respected that move. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was a great move. Like this dude's obviously not not built for the NBA, but he's local. We'll give man. him one more shot. One more shot. You know? You just said Master P. Now I I man I'm a Max knows this I'm a I was a huge Master P fan growing up. I used to I used to put all those double page spread ads that were in the Source magazine all around my room. My room looked like No Limit headquarters. Anyways, oh man, listen, I have a friend who works for the Raptors. Long story short, when Master P was trying out for the Raptors, shout out to Master P. Shout out Percy Percy Miller. He would go up. (laughs) to the audio guy he hadn't even made the team yet and he would just throw discs down of his music <laughs> and just tell the guy play this play this play this and the audio guy was like he didn't know what to say so constantly it was master p being played throughout every time he was in the stadium yeah that's no. a great story <laughs> and doesn't that that kind of goes with his brand right that goes with master of course like, of course of course he was doing that yeah like that that was the this masterpiece like the, it's calm and he's trying to give everybody lessons but yeah. that old master that masterpiece, that's the master the ice cream man that's the yeah, master yeah, yeah. we all love man we Mr. love that ice, guy man. moby dick singing on the hook <laughs> Mr. Ice cream man. Yeah. oh man we would have got silk the shocker too in a couple of years man. <laughs> I, to this day i still skip any song when silk gets on i skip it i'm like oh, oh, i love this song man. but i skip i can't i can't and i bought his albums oh, like mr mr the shocker I can't. I loved him when I was a kid, and now I don't. Like I oh, love wow. Charge It to the Game. I had all his albums, Charge It to the uh-huh. Game, uh, Mister, all that. But I, I now, it's like Bone Thugs and Harmony. It's like Wishbone. I didn't like Wishbone when I was younger, but now I'm like I kind of respect Wishbone. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but as you get oh, older, you're like, oh man, I don't know. I was always a lazy Bone guy. Yeah. You were lazy. Yeah. I, I was busy. Bone Thugs. Mm-hmm. The only good bit. thing to come out of Cleveland. what's next say with denver coming in okc and minnesota how can the raptors lift themselves back up what can nick do because you wanted we spoke earlier beforehand about nick nurse a ride that you wanted you had a little piece on nick nurse like give us give us a a little i gotta say this one time for everybody out there on twitter social media and everything i hear you loud and clear because i've been saying this for years why does this guy always double or triple every superstar that comes in here just to make sure they get less than 10 points or they shoot 5 of 20, whatever the case is, have six turnovers. But everybody else absolutely lights us up constantly. Look at that Lakers game. Anthony Davis finished with, what, eight points? Yep. And then the rest of the team just went off for like 122, I believe. You know who said that? Embiid said that earlier this year. And B called it. He said he all they care that. about, all he cares about, is stopping the superstar. But we'll let everybody else yeah, fly. Yeah. I just wow. feel like that's, that's the way he goes to sleep, man. That's the wow. only way he can feel good about himself. He's like, you know what? I held that guy down, but we lost. I don't care. That's why I like A Rod, though. That's why I like A Rod because A Rod was very critical of Nurse right there, and I'm still in the 
anybody who was on that championship team can do no wrong phase. So <laughs> I like hearing that that hardcore criticism right there. Wake me up and stuff, you know. You know, yeah. like we, this is this is nice though. All three of us just talking openly and freely about it, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, whether or not we agree fully or disagree entirely, at least we can say a few things and you know maybe turn each other's opinions around, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's good. On that note, this is how we're gonna end it. We have our guest Max P, which you know what? I hope you're gonna be back on this show plenty more times oh, because this anytime. was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Anytime, anytime. Anything you're pushing right now, this is your time to let them know. Just check me out on Instagram, YouTube. I'm on Twitter, Max Profit, Face Boys. You will find me. I'm pretty easy to find. Boom. And A Rod, once again, mysterious. Ta 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 ta. That was so much fun. We'll see you again soon, everybody. Yes, sir. Peace. Thanks for listening, everyone. This has been a Sports Ethos presentation of the Toronto Raptors podcast. I'm your host, Ben Stortini, and you can find me on Twitter, of course, at El Hoopo.